0: Good morning. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest today is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats Inc. Highlighted recently in a wonderful photo essay by Dirk Shad in the Tampa Bay Times, Skyway Cats Inc. is a nonprofit operated by a cadre of volunteers. Sorry, just making some adjustments as I go here. Who feed and care for a feral cat or uh, also known as community cat colony in a distinctive location, South Skyway Fishing Pier just uh, in Tampa Bay there. This location can pose unique challenges for the folks who tend to the Skyway Cats, but the novel location also provides an uncommon opportunity to review TNR, trap, neuter, return, as a method for controlling the cat population while preventing cat overpopulation and associated troubles at community cat colonies. It should be noted that the crew that looks after the colony at the South Skyway Fishing Pier separately and individually also manage colonies in St. Petersburg, St. Pete Beach, Tampa, Tarpon Springs, Venice, and Riverview. Collectively, that means providing food, shelter, and medical care for a veritable platoon of pussycats. We're here today chiefly to discuss the world of Skyway Cats, which we'll do when I speak with Kim Caswell in a few moments here on Talking Animals on WMNF. The programming note. Next week, my guest will be Temple Grandin, author, professor, expert on autism and animal cognition. Dr. Grandin has been a guest on Talking Animals multiple times over our two decades here. Though in recent years, I've interviewed her on stage twice at the 1200-seat Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. I look forward to speaking with her again next Wednesday right here on Talking Animals on WNF. And we'll we'll welcome your questions and comments for Dr. Grandin at that point. Also coming up later in today's program, I'll speak with Sonny Flynn. Founder and CEO of the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center in Madeira Beach, which about three weeks ago experienced a devastating fire that claimed over 100 animals. Tomorrow night, August 3rd from 6 to 9 p.m., there will be a benefit aiming to raise funds to look after the surviving animals and help the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center rebuild and recover. Side of this benefit is the Billmar Beach Resort and Treasure Island. We'll hear more about this from Sonny Flynn later in today's show. Right now, though, let's discuss Skyway Cats with Kim Caswell. With a reminder that I invite you to join the conversation by calling 813 239 9663, emailing dj at wmnf.org, or texting 813 433 0885. This is Kim Caswell. On Talking Animals on W. Good morning, Kim.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on Talking Animals. I think it's uh, safe to say it's almost unheard of that someone's first animal experience will be tending to a feral cat colony. I mean, that's that's at a fairly advanced level of uh, animal involvement.
1: Yeah, and most people don't seek out these kind of things, but they fall into them because they see cats, cats that are uncared for, cats that are having kittens outside. Um, so, I mean, that's how. I got into it. That's how all the volunteers I know got into it. You see a problem, and somebody's got to do something. So and it's got to be you, you? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right,
0: we'll get to that in a sec. But tell me about your previous experience with animals. Presumably, there was some prior to stepping into the uh, feral cat world.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I've always had cats. Always loved animals. Um, I live in St. Pete Beach, where there um, there was a, a cat problem, particularly in North St. Pete Beach. Um, And some people had been trapping there. Uh, One of them, uh, Sue Wilroy from Cat Trap Fever, had done some trapping there and then helped me out to learn how to trap and keep those colonies under control. I have a feeder there um, who is a, a former Marine, a boxer. He's a great guy. Um, that's how we got into it. My husband was friends with him. We started providing food, and then we started trapping there. And then from there, the Skyway, I had been helping with a pelican rescue one day, and I saw a cat crossing the pier, and I asked my bird rescue friend if there were cats there and she said yes but don't worry about them they're managed by a woman who takes really good care of them so I didn't think anything more of it until a few weeks later that woman called me um, asking for help it's Maria Marino um, who uh, is our vice president and she did a lot of the trapping there uh, to keep the population under control and um, she and her husband help us out um uh along with a number of other volunteers.
0: All right, so we'll we'll talk a bit later specifically about when we made these references so far to trapping. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about TNR specifically Mm -hmm. and how that works, just because that's kind of central to this world. But I have to say, uh, just as a a side note, something called cat trap fever in this world is a great name. I have to to appreciate the wit there. So what sort of drew you? Obviously, somebody needed help. You're a longtime cat person. But what drew you and and then has kept you and, if anything, maybe got, got its claws into you, so to speak, even more broadly so that you're doing even more maybe feral cat work than you ever imagined doing? What is it that appeals to you about it?
1: Well, I guess it's just the overwhelming need. There are always too few people doing this kind of work, doing any kind of animal rescue work. Yeah. And um, – That's basically it. I wish there were no need. I wish we didn't have to do these kinds of things. I wish there were no cat colonies. But um, for the time being, um, this is what we have. And, uh, you know, like I say, the need is overwhelming. So that's why I keep doing it. And that's why our volunteers keep doing it.
0: And and apart from the need, some of the people I've talked to over the years that do this kind of work describe almost like uh, like a magnetic pull sort of like it's drawing into the colony day after day. It sounds kind of irresistible, almost. I mean, addictive is probably too strong a word, but there's definitely something that because some people I, I think don't necessarily stick with it, mm-hmm. and some people really mm-hmm. do, and like mm-hmm. the, they're like the lifers, and there's something that just seems like it's super powerful in them that, that keeps them coming back every day or however many days a week they're devoting to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You get to know the cats; their personalities. They're 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 not pets exactly, but. Yeah. Um, you love them just like they they were, and um, in fact, they have greater needs than your pets do. And um, it, 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 just an animal lover, and yeah. that's that's why, you know, I continue to do it. Yeah. And you make a commitment. I mean, you can't just leave them uh, and stop doing it uh, because they're going to die.
0: <laughs> right. Without so, without you yeah, or someone yeah. like you so once going you get on Tuesdays in, once you get into or it, whatever. Yeah. Once yeah. you get
1: into it, you have to keep going.
0: Yeah. And um, just to back up for a sec, when you said they're kind of like, you know, you get to know the cats and Mm -hmm. whatever. So, I mean, I'm going to assume that you have cats at home.
1: I do, several, yeah. (laughs) Okay,
0: so maybe we'll come back to that at some point. But I'm just curious, compared to someone who's loved cats for some time, which we've already established, and has, sounds like, several cats there with you at home. Mm -hmm. How does that compare to seeing these cats at these colonies, which you know, and you get to know them from... You know your repeated visits to tend to them and feed them and, mm-hmm. and if need be, trap them and bring them back, etc. I mean, wh- how does it compare and contrast to just the cats that you have kind of in your living room that are snoozing right now or whatever?
1: Yeah, well, you care about all of the cats, and it would be great if every cat had a loving home. Yeah. But the reality is that's just not going to happen. Um, these cats. Outside are typically unsocialized to humans, um, I like get the Skyway, for instance. you can get near them and they come out when you 're going to feed them, mm-hmm. but uh, you can 't for the most part pet them or interact much with them, so you love them, but in a way that 's different from your cats, where you can interact with your cats and pet them and um, you know take you, you have a better way of taking care of them in your home so You worry about the outdoor cats more, I'll say that. Yeah, Um, it causes us more risk
0: and peril, kind of. More risk
1: and more peril. It causes us untold amounts of anxiety to have those guys out there. Yeah. But that's their home, uh, and that's where we've got to take care of them.
0: And when we talk about peril, Mm -hmm. um, compared to people that maybe look after uh, colonies. In other mm-hmm. parts of the country, let's right. say. What happens or what can happen, if anything, for you for you guys that look after these cats and obviously have taken the love of these cats when it's yeah. like hurricane season or just mm-hmm. or even just basic storms right. that there's been, you know, this time of year, there's plenty of those.
1: Yeah, we've got some big um, risks that maybe other colonies don't face as much. Um, with respect to the hurricane season, the last one the last hurricane, our our founding member Greg Schroeder, his wife is our treasurer. He maintains the colony. He's built the shelters. He cuts the grass. He puts down sodium bicarbonate, which is like putting baking soda in your litter box, mm-hmm. um, feeds. Uh, he's been wonderful trying to sort of harden the colony against the storms. Okay. Uh, last time, uh, what he did was he's got a, got a big sort of industrial pipe and anchored it down on the highest part of the colony so that the cats would have somewhere to go uh, for shelter inside at the higher ground. They do have a number of other shelters, but we were afraid that the water would come up, and they like to hide in the rocks. Mm. We were afraid that they'd get drowned in the rocks. As it turns out, everybody was okay. We did a head count a few days after. We weren't able to reach the colony because the pier was closed for a couple of days after that.
0: But, so no, no one had any access. Even, no, even you guys saying, "Hey, no. we look after cats. Or we're not just trying to like, gawk no, or we whatever. no,
1: yeah. we couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, but we had left enough food, dry food in the shelters, so that the cats weren't going hungry. We, they had food, they had water, and um, everybody was okay. In terms of other risk, unusual risks, there fish hooks. Um, the fishermen are um, obviously that's the. It's a fishing pier. Right. So we've got fishermen there all the time on the seawall next to the colony. And we have had a couple of instances with, uh, where the cats get fish hooks in their paws, in their mouths. And we had one last year, our or- only orange cat, Rusty, got a fish hook in his mouth. This cat loves fresh fish. And I think he went after a baited hook. And the fisherman just cut the line. So he's got a length of fishing line and a hook in the side of his mouth. Uh-huh. So we had to catch him. It's not easy to catch one cat in a colony of 20 or so, so cats. So we spent a couple of weeks with a drop trap trying to train him to go in. And he's an especially wary cat mm. um, because all these cats have been trapped before and fixed. So they're not, they are not—they don't want to go into traps again.
0: <laughs> I've, so anyway, I've, I've, I've after, seen this movie before. Yeah, after yeah. sitting
1: yeah. for hours and hours every evening, our uh, Maria, our vice president, caught a fish, <laughs> threw it in the trap. <laughs> Finally, he went in the trap. Oh. So we got him. That had to be surgically removed. We got him care. Oh, and he's back out in his outdoor home.
0: Uh, that, that it's interesting that it overlaps an email that just came in, you know, thanking us for the topic and saying they had seen the uh, piece in the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Times that I alluded to at the top of the show. And then the question was, I was curious whether the cats tried to steal scraps of fish guts or, or fillets from fishermen cleaning their catch from the, the fishing pier. And then tied right in, this says I would be worried if they might swallow fish hooks or other fishing implements yep. on, at the pier.
1: Yeah, yeah, we worry about it all the time, and people do. We find parts of fish there, and also bait fish. If people um, catch a lot of bait fish, a lot we'll find like just a bunch of them thrown in the colony, and the, and the, and a few of the cats will pick those fish up and eat them, which surprised me because having house cats, they're not going to do that. They might play with the fish, but they're not going to eat it. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean a full full fish yeah, intact. right? Yeah. They'll yeah, they'll yeah. just.
1: Uh, run away with that fish. So, yeah. so we do find a lot of a lot of that in the colony. Um, also, people, well-meaning people, leaving things that cats shouldn't be eating or drinking. Uh, one day we found a bowls full of milk, uh, human milk. So,
0: oh jeez, it's
1: not a good thing for them either. People are so. watching
0: too many cartoons. Yeah. I guess, right? So
1: yeah, yeah, it's a very public area. So we have those kind of those kind of dangers.
0: Right. Well, let's. We got a couple of emails we want to respond to. One of which we just did, and then we'll, let's see. I think we have a uh- caller here let's uh, get them involved in the conversation hi you're on talking animals with kim caswell hello hello it's you go ahead please
2: uh, okay yeah i'm just wondering uh how do the uh, uh cat uh, uh, carers, uh get along with the bird people out there uh because you know when you think about the the skyway all we've been hearing lately is uh pelicans and this that and the other getting hooked and everything and then with the feral cat uh kill on birds how does that work out are there any problems there
1: um, no for the most part we 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 know the pelican people and we get along well with the pelican people we help each other out actually uh just a few weeks ago there was a a pelican rescue we had to call someone from the uh from the from the pelican rescue to get that bird and sometimes I'll do cat res or pelican rescues as well um
2: yeah I've, I've done a few myself yeah fishermen
1: but uh. right the cats uh, i've never seen a cat go after a a bird like a pelican? Well, now they- yeah, I, I was more or less just
2: using pelicans because that's what everybody thinks of when we think of the skyway right now. That's the big one in the news. And I, right. I'm curious yeah, overall, is there... You receive concerns about bird populations because the feral cats. I, I know around here they'll they'll sure nab them.
1: Yeah, we have not, and hopefully, you know, well-fed cats won't tend to go after the birds. And the birds, um, the smaller birds, will stay away. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I differ
2: I, with you on that. I think sometimes you know cats are
1: born hunters.
2: I right. Think sometimes their their instincts take over, but.
1: Right. And I, I, I agree. Um, you try and balance everything out. I mean, I love all the animals. So I want to see them all living, you know, long and happy lives. Um, right. And the cats don't necessarily want to be there, and they're only there because of the negligence of humans. So we, well, we try, I, try, and, try and balance everything out.
2: I don't have anything... Against cats. I'm a right. big cat fan. But right. I had a neighbor one time who had, uh, well, I don't know, it must have been 15 or 20 around his house. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I'm going to trap some of these and take them to the uh, Humane Society or somewhere because they're just causing me problems over here getting into my boat and jeep and all mm-hmm. this and the other. He says, Well, he said, I don't have any cats. He said, But I go through a bag of food feeding these trays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy. Uh, all right, I was just curious. Uh, uh, okay, thank, topic, thank topic, you so much
0: uh, for your call. In fact, your question really anticipates one that I was going to ask sort of later in the conversation. Which I'm going to sort of reframe now a little bit. But first, I just want to let people know who might just have tuned in. This is Talking Animals. I'm Douglas. If you did just tune in, my guest is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats, Inc., which uh, highlighted recently in a wonderful photo essay by Dirk Shad in the Tampa Bay Times is a nonprofit operated by a cadre of volunteers who feed and care for the Feral Cat colony in the South Skyway fishing pier. If you'd like to ask him a question about Feral Cats or offer a comment, please call eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Email DJ at WMNF.org or text eight one three four three three zero eight eight five and uh, we'll get to another caller momentarily. But I did like I say I was gonna ask about this later in the interview piece almost Anytime we do anything about feral cats, there's one or more calls or emails or both from people who are concerned about the impact uh, on birds and other wildlife, really. So I was wondering, you've already kind of addressed this, obviously. I just wondering if you've uh, heard those kind of c- concerns, and if so, like, or you or other people who, who tend to the colony, and how you respond when you when people do raise concerns about that.
1: Yeah, we've heard actually not so much about environmental concerns about the effect on other wildlife but um, just humans hating the cats mm. some people have an irrational hatred of cats we've got a lot of instances where you know cats are being poisoned um, so just
0: that they're out there at all just even that people out who don't there, necessarily have a big passion for birds or concern right. about wildlife they're just mad right. that there's cats there
1: exactly wow. um, I and we're dealing with a really difficult situation in Sunset Beach now with a truly evil couple that are poisoning the cats there. Ugh. But even at the Skyway, we had one time a volunteer was there and a couple of guys drove up with BB guns just wanting to shoot the cats for sport. Oh,
0: my God. So,
1: um, yeah, we get a lot of, the, I wouldn't say concerns, just hatred of the cats. Wow.
0: Um, so, that's, that's again, that's just anti-cat
1: anti-cat yeah. <laughs> feeling
0: no but I mean it's not because again like I say it's so common like I say almost every time we do anything related to feral cats yeah. or community cats trap near return any or all those things there's a lot of people some, some who are kind of mad yeah um about the impact on the birds and the wildlife. But it sounds like, in this case at least, the only birds really that would be directly in jeopardy would be the, the pelicans, and the, they could probably handle themselves with a cat, generally speaking, right?
1: Yeah, I, like I said, I've never seen a pelican and a cat get into a fight. I mean, yeah. you have smaller... Everybody,
0: both both sides are too smart for that problem, right? Right, and yeah. smaller
1: birds, I, I know that there's an impact on wildlife of birds from the feral cat colonies, but again, we don't want those colonies to be there, so the best solution is to try and reduce the number of cats outside yeah the old way of just rounding them up and euthanizing doesn't work and didn't work because you get a vacuum effect where more cats will just come in and fill in that area so and you're going to have that cycle all over again so again the objective is to get rid of these cat colonies in a humane way with the trap, neuter, return, and then, uh, you know, re- obviously reduce the impact on the wildlife.
0: Okay, well, maybe this is the time to actually get into more trap, neuter, return, because one of the things I also was interested to talk to you about in terms of the Skyway uh, colony and just some of the others that you and, and other uh, colleagues work on elsewhere is that very notion you just brought up that, at least it's been my understanding, that over time, colony that's, you know, that got the TNR thing properly in mm-hmm. place and is otherwise well-managed will eventually go... Extinct. Right, right, and and is that is that likely to be the case with the Skyway uh, colony as well?
1: Well, one day. I um, see. I but assume- are there
0: factors that? That set that back from actually being able to be uh, achieved.
1: Yeah, the factors are people dumping cats there. <laughs> okay, unfixed cats. Um, we do have that problem. It's a very public place. We have signs up that say "Don't dump your cat." We're not a rescue, but we just had last week ten cats dumped on us right below that sign in a storage container. Mm. Um, Fortunately, one of our volunteers went to feed in the afternoon. We typically go in the evening, but she went earlier, and it looks like these cats had just gotten out of the storage container. It was a mom and nine kittens. Um, oh, geez. So... This is what sets the effort back to manage the colony because those cats are there in the first place because somebody dumped them and they multiplied. You've got more cats in being dumped and multiplying. That's obviously a problem. So when we spot a cat or cats that are new, first thing we need to do is trap them. And it's not just that colony, that the whole approach road to the colony, um, we find cats there. I trapped three cats, uh, beautiful Burmese cats, mm. a couple of weeks ago at the North Area rest stop. Um, so, uh, and and those cats couldn't have gotten there any other way, but someone knowing them.
0: So it makes me wonder, even though some of us are, are well-intentioned, but it makes me wonder about things like the, the beautiful Tampa Bay Times piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And even in an interview like this one, if if that's, the result of that is almost a mixed bag. Like maybe there's more awareness. Hopefully, mm-hmm. maybe you're donating to help you guys right. support all your efforts of feeding and vet care, etc. But does it also spawn X amount of further cats that get dumped there? Because like suddenly people know, here's here's what can happen yeah. with Mama and the n- nine kittens. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know what people are thinking <laughs> there, but geez. Uh, but that makes makes me just wonder, like, like. Well, this is sort of pro and con simultaneously, I guess.
1: Right, and that's the case with any sort of um, cat rescue charity. Um, I was a little ambivalent about doing the piece because I knew that it would have effects both ways, but I have to say uh, we got more donations in the two days after that far more than we'd had in the two years before that since we formed in 2021. Wow. Um so that's been great. A lot of that now is going to be taken up with um spaying and neutering and vet care for these cats. The that, that you know up. that's a $2000 yeah. $2, uh, problem that they dumped so on the, us. The,
0: the, the mom and the nine kittens. The mom and
1: the nine yeah. kittens, yeah, we're going to have uh one of them actually the biggest one is getting uh spayed today. The other nine are going in Monday and We've got five pre-adopted, but we've got five more that need to be adopted, the mom uh-huh. and four of the kittens. So please check out our Facebook or Instagram sites to see their pictures. And uh,
0: So again, if people search Skyway Cats, Skyway they, can, they cats. can find the Facebook page or the Instagram page.
1: Yes, uh, the Instagram is at Skyway Cats South, and okay. Facebook is just Skyway Cats. It's the same posts on either one. Right. Um, and then our website, Skyway Cats, will lead you to our social media sites. So you can
0: see the the, the five remaining ones, but you can yeah, probably see got- other, other cats that, that come from either Skyway or elsewhere that... That do also need homes that are in a position to be adopted.
1: Yeah, we've got we've got well, we got pictures of those, and then there's one other cat we've got in foster right now, um, an orange cat that also needs a home. We're not um, an adoption-based rescue, like um,
0: not intentionally at least. Not intentionally.
1: See, that's the problem. Uh, We're mainly you know caretakers. We trap in our colonies. But if we get cats dumped on us, if we get if we find friendly cats or kittens that we trap, we try our best to get them homes. But we don't have uh, the social media reach um, a lot of times to get them directly adopted. So we have to work through shelters and rescues uh, to get those cats adopted. Uh, And that's
0: got to be tough because those shelters and rescues, especially certain times of the year like now, are like tapped out. It's
1: extremely tough. That is the most stressful part of getting these these cats adopted. The fostering, you know, we can foster them, um, but getting them adopted and getting them into shelters or rescues is exceedingly difficult this time of year. It's high, it's kitten season, and this kitten season has been especially bad. I mean, so,
0: especially prolific when you say especially yeah, bad? Yeah, it has, and, kind of, and I don't yeah. know
1: if it's the effect of cats not being fixed during COVID or what, but um, everywhere, every shelter is overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the emails that came in just a bit ago said, I read the article, meaning the Tampa Bay Times, thing that we referred to by Dirk Shad a great mm-hmm. great piece Greg Schroeder seems like a saint also this seems like a good idea for a Netflix documentary so uh, but right away I would say I hear what you're saying but just even the conversation we've just had a documentary would be like a bigger Especially Netflix level, yeah, it'll there, be a bigger mixed bag just because they need to get
1: yeah. more cats
0: dumped as a result. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, well, right. good good work, and here's some donations, but here's you know, 30 more cats or whatever.
1: Yeah, there there was a recently a Netflix documentary I think it's called Cat People that highlighted some of the some of the main sort of cat cat people TNR people and otherwise. Yeah, but I do have to say that Greg Schroeder is a saint. <laughs> yeah, um, he is the basically the founding mef- member. He's I've only been with the organization two years when it was formed before. Before that, there was no organization. It was just a couple of people feeding the cats. And Greg's been there probably for over 10 years. He's the one who noticed um, just scores of sick cats uh, in this area, both um, both uh, uh, fishing piers. He drives a pool truck. So he's in Pinellas County, he's in Hillsborough County, and he's got the um, unenviable um Facility to spot cats from his truck. Oh
0: wow! Uh,
1: so he spotted them, and he got the colony in shape. He put out, uh, he built shelters. He can, he's great. He can build anything, fix anything. Built shelters, uh, you know, cuts the grass, got everything in shape. Unfortunately, some of the shelters that he built years ago and nice feeding stations, people, st- people stole them. Um, oh, we do get geez. people stealing things. I don't know what good these things are to people but um yeah so he's had that um he also unfortunately can spot dead cats a lot of times from Mm. his truck we have a problem because we're so close to the highway and the approach road that we do have cats killed and just um just this past week, we had one of the guys I had fixed at the North Skyway Pier uh, killed at the rest stop. And Greg had to go and he picked up that cat, did a dignified burial for it. Mm. Um, He does that for cats in our colony and outside our colony. Um, So, and he, like I say, he was there most of the day the other day um, getting the colony in shape.
0: Wow. Well, before we get to more specifically TNR, which I keep promising we're going to get to, uh, and keep getting Mm -hmm. sidetracked by by important things though, because of some of the comments you've made about um uh, greg uh so you said he founded it basically 10 years ago
1: yeah there were people um there were people feeding and trapping there um before he got there but it was sort of a loose kind of thing and mm-hmm. it wasn't regular he's the guy as i understand it got everything in shape right or, um,
0: order to it kind right. of right yeah.
1: and then uh, maria our vice president um joined uh, she's been there longer than I have too obviously she started doing more of the trapping and feeding um, a number of years before I did so yeah
0: so now, how many but, cats, maybe uh, hard to say, but a, a ballpark, how many cats are part of that colony currently? There,
1: uh, In the main colony, there are about 20 of them. There's one that we feed down the road because it doesn't want to be in the colony. Oh, so um, sort of
0: just a rogue?
1: Yeah, and then there are a few feral. at the rest stop. that, in, for, in fact, somebody just told me about a couple of new ones that uh. Uh, need to be trapped. And then at North Skyway, too, there are a few cats that we provide the food for. And um, I took one of those home a few weeks ago that I trapped to try and socialize beautiful cats.
0: And were you able to socialize Well, it's still, still in <laughs> it's progress. Pro- yeah. Normally,
1: I wouldn't try to take cat past, past three months or so. They're very difficult That's to the socialize. Point, right? yeah. It's pretty much the cutoff point unless you yeah. get a cat with a different sort of personality now we did take one from the Skyway that's sort of a a midget tabby cat Hmm. that um, we thought was a kitten and my daughter fell in love with it I, I had it prepared for TNR, was going to let it out. We kept it. And that's a great cat. Now she's okay. been a great cat. She was actually an adult when we got her. Um, but that sounds
0: like an anomaly because it of, is an of, anomaly. Yeah.
1: Normally yeah. you got a TNR, him, you got to put him back. And I did with these three Burmese, I put two back, the one that was killed, unfortunately. And I kept the smaller one cause she was about probably six or seven months old. So it's slow going, but I thought this is a beautiful cat. She'll have a better chance of getting a home that unfortunately, um, some of the other cats that that, that we come across.
0: Alright, this is Talking Animals. i Duncan Strauss. My guest is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats Inc. Fertile cat colony in the South Skyway Fishing Beer, but also, as we're hearing, north side, the rest stop area. I mean, it's <laughs> hardly confined just to that, yeah. that particular area. But, I mean, that's, that's the thing we're focusing on now, although Kim and uh, a number of her colleagues, as we may or may not have time to get into, also tend to, to other colonies in all kinds of different locations. So if you'd like to join the conversation and have a question about feral cats or colonies or TNR or anything like that, related 813-239-9663, you can email dj at wnf.org or text 813-433-0885. So okay, so let's finally, even though I kept promising, let's actually okay. get to TNR. Starting on the remedial, level, we've kind of said that it's trap, neuter, return. Mm-hmm. But even that, like, what what if, for people who might be listening to this, say, "I'm I'm not that steep in this world." What does that actually mean? What what, what happens?
1: Okay. Yeah, trap, neuter, return is the only way of humanely reducing cat populations. About three quarters of the cats born outside, won't survive. Um, So what we do and what the cat trappers do is we use humane traps um, to trap the cats, get them spayed, neutered, um, treated for fleas and parasites, get them vaccinated, get them any medical care they need, if they're friendly and adoptable, we try and adopt them out. Like I say, usually through shelters. If they're not friendly, they go back to their to their home colonies. Um, hopefully, with uh, caring uh, individuals who feed and, and take care of them. Um,
0: Can you? Describe more because when people hear trap, yeah. and you're saying humane trap, right? It almost seems like an oxymoron like, how could there be a humane yeah. trap? But this clearly is. Oh, yeah, Maybe you could describe how what they look like and how they work.
1: Yeah, there well, there are two types of cats, uh, two, <clears throat> or traps. Mainly, we use box, what are called box traps that um, they, they're they either spring loaded or they work uh, by gravity, and they've got a trip plate. So, you put the bait in the end, um, usually, we use something strong smelling like tuna, or we found that cats really Love Publix chicken, so we'll sometimes okay. use that.
0: There's an endorsement for Publix. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't eat it myself, but the cats yeah. love it. Um, well,
0: there's a reverse endorsement. There,
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah they. Um, so the cat hopefully it, it goes in the trap. You can't feed them for at least 24 hours before the cats have to be hungry or they'll never go into a trap. So the cat goes in, trips the plate, the, <laughs> the uh, door closes, and you've and you've got your trap. Uh, Right, so it's just
0: like a box. So everybody can visualize this Mm -hmm. who may not be familiar. The box closes around the cat. Nothing ever injures or hurts the cat. They're just just in a box suddenly that they weren't two seconds ago. Right,
1: like a wire mesh sort of thing. And the traps are designed so that they don't uh, sort of close on their tails or anything like that. So they're not injured. Um, You know, you have to cover the trap really quickly because the cats will thrash around and that's how they'll hurt themselves. Get themselves hurt. Yeah. yeah, so typically as soon as the cat is trapped, you want to throw a sheet or a blanket over the trap and keep So it.
0: part of the process then I guess requires that this hopefully stays within a, a confined period mm-hmm. cause so you or whoever is doing the trapping oh, yeah. is nearby even if it might take an hour or two or more oh, like m- you want to make sure yeah. you're there. Uh, for that, a very reason they don't injure themselves trying to get out and flip out. Yeah.
1: You typically don't want to leave a cat that's trapped by itself. Um, I, I will sit there for, and this is what trappers do. It's a long, boring process. You just mainly are sitting there for hours and hours. Now, the other type of trap that we have to use sometimes when we have to get one out of a number of other cats is a, is a drop trap where um, it's like a, a box with a stick. If you've ever seen, you know, if you're old enough to remember the Road Runner, um, <laughs> Wiley Coyote, this is the kind of trap he used. Um, it's just like I say, it's a box propped up with a stick, and you've got a rope uh, that runs from that. Stick as it were, and um, you sit there and wait until the cat, the target cat, goes in and you pull that rope and then uh, you've got your cat in that trap and then you have to transfer him to a box trap uh, to transport. So that's a little more complicated, um, time consuming and difficult and you try not to have to use it, but sometimes it's necessary. The
0: situation calls specifically for that that trap as opposed to the basic. Right, right. Yeah, I got you. Right. So here's an emailer who actually emailed in earlier and I didn't get a chance to read it, but uh, just because we sort of represent all kinds of perspectives here. This is from William, a WNF supporter from Atlanta Lakes. Says, Feral cats are considered one of the most invasive and destructive species in many countries around the world. They should be humanely destroyed, not fed and cared for. So that's obviously a, a viewpoint not necessarily shared by most of the people that are right. responding to this and certainly not by you, Kim, I'm going to safely assume. Yeah. But my guess is this may tie into what we were talking about earlier because people that have seen or or believe they've seen or understand that they've seen Birds uh, mm-hmm. injured or killed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. feral cats or other wildlife often have a very anti-feral cat position. Right. So I, I, you know, it's up to William to, to elaborate more how he why he feels that way. But I'm going to guess it might be something related to that because these are the kind of emails and sometimes calls that we have gotten over the years when we do anything feral right. cat related.
1: Right. You know? And as I said before, uh, the solution that he mentions to just round him up and kill them is not going to work. Um, more cats will simply come in and breed. Yeah. Can
0: you talk because I think. Like, a lot of people again who aren't really deeply into the uh, feral cat slash TNR world might find it interesting to know about like just the vacuum that gets filled, and so yeah, that you're never you're, ne- you're never solving the problem unless you right. take specific measures, and then even then it takes obviously years and years. Right,
1: right. You're not solving the problem. You're just uh, the cats are going to continue to multiply unless you get them fixed and trap Um, and we believe that we should do that in a humane way. Um, I know there's a need to balance uh, the cats along with the other wildlife and Like I said before, the objective is not to have any of the cat colonies eventually, not to have any of these stray cats outside. But for the time being, this is what we're left with because people don't spay and neuter their pets and they let them outside. Uh, Pet cats should never be left outside. Um, You should not be letting your pet cats out. Um, That just adds to the problem to the extent there is one with the wild competing wildlife so we don't want them out there either but we don't think it's the right thing to do to kill them, and that won't take care of the problem in the end
0: okay so we've gotten some more emails we'll try to get to those let's take another caller now at this point um uh, hi you're on talking ends with kim caswell yes it's you uh, go ahead please if you have a question or comment for kim you can hear me yes please go ahead
2: yeah <clears throat> i was wondering if in particular uh cat species uh the danger or the non-danger of having because all of those cats spending all that time they do excrete and and where does that all go uh is it dangerous for people we have grandchildren who come to visit us and we have a colony in the neighborhood and i'm greatly concerned about this so what are your thoughts on that subject
1: i have never heard about any such dangers i've never heard about any problems like that um hopefully the cat colony in your neighborhood has been neutered and spayed and vaccinated um when we do that we they're treated for fleas and parasites. Um, again, this is a new, uh, new problem, a I, 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 potential concern I've never heard about before. But if the cats are properly cared for, um, that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, the cats will obviously go to the bathroom outside. Um, there are ways of keeping cats off your property uh, if you want to do that. And we work with neighbors in our other colonies all the time to keep them away from certain areas where you don't want them. Um, and
2: how does one go about pursuing that option of keeping cats off your property?
1: Okay, um, there are a number of humane ways to do that. If you go on, say, Amazon and type in cat repellent, um, you'll get, um, there are powders and sprays to keep them away Uh, Walmart sells a uh, a specific cat repellent that, you know, typically these things have like cinnamon oil in them. Um, Cats don't like vinegar. You can, uh, coffee grounds, they don't like citrus. So citrus peels, you can put those around your home. You have to do it um, sort of on a regular basis. You can't just do it once and and then um, have it work forever. So I I would recommend actually that I use the the cat repellents for for people that don't want the, the cats around.
0: Right. They all right. Thank you support. so much for your call. I appreciate it. We're going to move on. We're almost out of time, so we do have to move on. But thank you for your call. I
2: I don't agree with what was said, but that's
0: alright. Okay, okay. Thank you. Fair enough. Um, and uh, not surprising, as I've sort of been saying and/or predicting, one of our emailers, there's all, all there is is the subject line, This is what is the impact of feral cats on natural bird populations.
1: Yeah, so. I think we we've talked about that. I don't have the statistics. Of course. All I have is sort of my experience, and I don't see a lot of issues like that
0: um it'd be super hard it would seem to me to really research or quantify that like at least in a given area yeah. just because there's be so many variables it'd be hard to say well that was clearly the the, the feral right. cat here in right. this colony or it was not i mean yeah, yeah. it's hard um, to hard to get any like yeah. hard da- data i would think yeah um anyways, another email says it's tnvr now Trap, neuter, vaccinate, and return. I volunteer with St. Francis Cat Rescue and agree Mm -hmm. with everything that's been said. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add, don't feed if you don't get them fixed. Right. Ask for help.
1: Right, yeah. St. Francis is a great organization. They have actually taken some of our cats to get them adopted out. The worst thing you can do is feed stray cats if you're not going to get them fixed because that's just going to add to the problems and the population and the kitten suffering on the streets. So absolutely, thanks for bringing up that point.
0: So... How is, because we're almost at the end of our time, and I, I want to shoehorn in as many mm-hmm. uh, quick, important questions as I can. How is Skyway Cats funded? I mean, you obviously have tons of food. Yeah. You have vet bills. You have the spay and neuter stuff. I mean, hopefully some, some vets and people are giving you a discount on them. But still, those, yeah. are, those are costs that you have to deal with somehow. How are you funded?
1: Yeah, well, self-funded mainly. Seriously, Um, yeah. Well, uh,
0: you are a five hundred one c three. We're a five hundred one c three. We can accept donations.
1: Absolutely, and tax deductible. We formed that about two years ago, but we don't have a big social media reach. Um, People go by; they may see the sign and send us something. We've had a few kind souls supporting us since the beginning with food and monetary donations. But I have to say, after Dirk's piece came out in the Tampa Bay Times. We had more donations in two days than we'd had in two years—far more. That's so, great. Um, in that regard, it's been—it's been a great help. Now uh, a lot of those donations now are going to be taken up fixing these cats that were dumped on us. Yeah, but so it's um, almost a
0: wash in yeah, a way. We right? can, yeah, we can we
1: can always use uh, more uh, uh, more donations. We've got a Chewy dot com wish list okay. um, if you'd like to send food, and our PayPal uh, site for donations is in our profile in our Facebook and Instagram profiles, so you can click on that if you'd like to donate money. Some people send us checks. They DM me, and I'll give them an address, and they can send a check. So there's
0: all kinds of ways to donate. All kinds
1: of ways, and we really appreciate it. And I have to say, if you have a colony caretaker in your neighborhood, shoot them a bag of food once in a while because there are, there are just... Hundreds They're of all reaching unsung in their own heroes pocket all the time all yeah. over Tampa Bay yeah. trying to help these cats and they didn't they were just thrust into this position.
0: For sure. Yeah. So we should say that the website is skywaycats.org. Uh, no dot com. Uh, oh dot yeah. com, sorry, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry. sorry.
1: And then Instagram is at Skyway Cats South and the Facebook is simply Skyway Cats.
0: Yes, yeah, so you can just for Facebook you can just search Skyway Cats and get there. And can you donate from the website?
1: Yeah, you can donate from the website. There's a donate button for PetPal. There's also a credit card button, but we've had problems with our uh, platform uh, recently, and I don't know if the credit card uh, button will work, but the PayPal one will work. And, and there's
0: always another way as there's said. always another way yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can if you get in touch contact yeah. us yeah
0: okay fair enough well sadly we are at the end of our time we've been speaking with kim caswell we're talking mostly about skyway cats and again skywaycats.com and again as we've noted there's a facebook page instagram page other ways to find out more or to help out and just one last quick question obviously if people can donate money that's critical mm-hmm. but are you looking for additional people who could help uh, yeah. v- in terms of volunteers
1: yeah in fact we did get a number of volunteer requests after um Dirk's piece came out I'm and sure, we have yeah. some new feeders which is great we have another one training today um, we can certainly use the help.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I'm sorry we are out of time. Uh, there seems like more to say, but I think we covered some of the basic stuff. Thank you so much for joining us and talking. I was in, in studio today, unless, which doesn't happen enough on my show, unfortunately. So good luck with the cats and uh, let's do whatever we can to support Kim and Skyway Cats. And, and we didn't even get into all the other yeah. colonies that you and others do, <laughs> but maybe great. that's a conversation for yep. another time. Thank you. Thank you. In a moment, I'll talk with Sonny Flynn, who founded the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center in Madeira Beach, which three weeks ago experienced a devastating fire in which over 100 animals perished. On August 3rd, tomorrow night from 6 to 9 p.m., there will be a benefit at the Billmar Beach Resort, seeking to raise funds to care for the surviving a- animals and to help the uh, Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center rebuild and recover. We'll hear more about that center for the benefit when Sonny joins us in just a moment here on Talking Animals. Right now, though, we're gonna step into the Comedy Corner with one of my longtime faves. It's Eddie Pepitone doing a piece called Dog Therapy in today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals on WMNF. But
4: I've turned my dog dog into my shrink. I'm talking to her now as if she was my shrink because I'm bored to tears with my real shrink. (laughs) You know what I mean? We understand each other, I'm there to fill an hour, she gets some insurance money, whatever it is, but, but now I talk to my dog like she's my shrink. I, I'm, I'm saying to her like, Charlotte, you don't think I have diabetes, do you? Blood work all the time. <laughs> Those centrifuges they use,
1: a lot of them are
4: suspect. <laughs> and Charlotte, you don't think the cops saw me sideswipe that car? <laughs> In the shopping, supermarket, parking lot. I mean, the police would be here already, right? (laughs) Charlotte, it's not too bad that I threaten people anonymously online, is it? Charlotte, I have enough money in my bank account, right? By the way, if Charlotte knew, how much money I have in my bank account Instead of running and chasing balls She'd just be in the apartment smoking cigarettes <laughs> She'd just be like going Great, I thought I landed on my feet here
0: <laughs> Alright, that was Eddie Pepitone In today's Comedy Corner With a piece called Dog Therapy Taken from his album In Ruins Now it's time to speak with Sonny Flynn Who oversees the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center In Madera Beach where there was this horrible fire we've been talking about earlier in the show and, uh, you know, trying to get things back on their feet and help as much as can with this benefit that's tomorrow night at the Billmore Beach Resort. So let's uh, get filled in more directly from Sonny. This is Sonny Flynn on Talking Animals on WMNF. Good morning, Sonny.
3: Good morning.
0: Thanks for joining us on Talking Animals.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: For sure. So let's start with uh, just a quick overview of the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center.
3: So the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center houses uh, the majority of pet surrenders. Ninety-five percent of my animals were pet surrenders. The other five percent were rescues or my coral and fish um, displays uh, to help with conservation efforts and education. <laughs> had uh, approximately 250 animals in total. Uh, we, uh, bought about 85 of them to the fire.
0: Yeah. So, um, That's rough.
3: so sorry. We were able to save quite a few more than I thought, and we had more accounted for, so that's, now we're, uh. We're trying to raise money to rebuild.
0: Yeah, well, so certainly eighty-five is eighty-five too many, no matter what. So I'm glad it wasn't quite as 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 extreme as you initially thought, but that's still a rough go, and I'm very sorry for your loss there. Just out of curiosity, do you know what caused the fire?
3: So it's still undetermined. Um, the uh, The final report has not come out. Okay. From, uh, the fire fire marshal, the state fire marshal. So they're leaning towards electrical, but um, I don't want to say, yeah, that was a matter of fact. That's what it right. was. So.
0: And on, for- on top of that, since it's unclear what, what the cause was, is, uh, as I understand it, the fire happened in the middle of the night, which probably compromised the ability to contain the blaze and uh, respond more quickly.
3: I have to tell you, the Madeira Beach and um, Treasure Island Fire Department stepped up as well as Seminole. They got that fire out in 35 minutes. Oh, wow! From the deer beach was three minutes from the time they were called.
0: That's impressive wow,
3: so they um they did a hell of a job and um I'm very proud of our fire departments and our first responders For uh, sure they knew, I, they knew I had animals, so their um they their first uh entry was to
0: see what they could rescue. Yeah. Well, good for them. That's, that's great that they were so uh, so responsive and so fast. That's excellent. So let's talk uh, about the benefits. As I've noted already a couple of times, it's tomorrow, August 3rd at Bill Beach Resort in Treasure Island from 6 to 9 p.m. And the funds raised, I guess, the benefit will help the center kind of recover and rebuild in the wake of the fire. Uh, Is there other funds earmarked for some other purposes as well, or is that those chief purposes?
3: The the main purpose is for us to to rebuild and get back open. Um, We are a key part of uh, Madura Beach and Treasure Island as we not only draw in our tourists and give the tourists something to do, but we're part of the education system. So all the schools... Summer camp, field trip from Hillsboro all the way to Pinellas. Um, they come see us.
0: Yeah. So, so, so the faster you can rebuild and get back to that, the sooner you, that those programs can resume. I, I assume.
3: That, that's correct. Our, you know, our mission, my vision is conservation education. The mission of the the center is the same, and my team executes it overwhelmingly well. Yeah. Their passion is my vision. So.
0: Well, that's great. So what happens at the benefit itself? To, to Kind of walk us through some of the details there so people who might not have heard about it that might be free to, to join you guys for at least part of the night tomorrow night. So there will
3: uh... be cocktails and appetizers. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a um, pasta dinner available for purchase. So um, it's a pasta buffet. Um, we have an alligator kissing booth.
0: Now. Okay. That seems like you've got to be very careful there. Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah so um it uh our um we've done it before it it's kind of cute. um we don't get them that close, but it looks like they're kissing the alligator
0: okay um,
3: and anytime they're any time uh, for safety reasons they're uh we use veterinary gauze, so it doesn't hurt the alligator, but their mouth can't open. Um, we also have a silent auction going on and a raffle.
0: That's great. All right, well, we're just about out of time at this point, but let's be sure to, is there a website and or social media pages where people could find out more about this if they wanted to get a few more uh, details? Our,
3: our Facebook page is kissagator.com. Okay. Uh, kissagator, or At kissagator, uh, our website is uh, alligatorwildlife.com.
0: Okay, great. Well, people can go there, find out more details, and hopefully they can join you tomorrow night. And good luck. I hope you raise all kinds of funds to get back on your feet. And thank you so much for joining us today on, on Talking Animal thank Sunday.
3: Thank for having me.
0: Thank you. Bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Coming up on WNF, it's Slice of Life, a brand new show hosted by Randy Zimmerman. After that, we shift back to music programming with Jim Bannon, holding forth from 1 to 3, followed by Robin and Cassie from 3 to 6. Then our terrific Wednesday night block of Latin music kicks in. It's all coming up shortly here on WMNF. Again, next week, as a reminder, my guest will be Temple Brandon, so you will in for that. That's, again, next Wednesday, August 9th, here on WMNF on Tampa on Talking Animals. And uh, it's Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. Thanks.